Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. air. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right, you are on Cruise Control. Welcome, everyone. I'm Fred Staub, and the other voice you're about to hear is none other than Les Jackson. Hey, Les Jackson. Yes. Hey, man. Good morning, and uh, good driving. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully good driving. <laughs> it was hailing oh, yeah. out here earlier, so I, I didn't expect that. It went from a sunny day to, to just hail. Well, it's sunny here in uh, D.C., um, a little chilly, but sunny. <laughs> All right. So, well, now that we've got the weather out of the way, let's talk about safaris, Les Jackson. And uh, hmm. we're going to go on safari. Jeep is revealing its uh, concepts at the Easter Moab Safari. And it's kind of a look into the vision of uh, future Jeeps. We'll talk about some of the models that are out there and there's a lot of different concepts so we'll tell you about them and uh, there's even one that looks a little bit like a Range Rover if you look at that. So. Yeah it actually does and again for the 40th year in a row I want to thank Jeep for not inviting me to the Moab <laughs> because I don't want to be there <laughs> driving on big rocks. Um, anyway uh, the New York Auto Show is gearing up with two new vehicles from Kia, not to mention a whole lot of other companies. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And uh, synthetic gas, you and I have been talking about that a lot. Um, its development is underway by two manufacturers, and we will tell you who is developing it and when we might see it. And it might be a lot sooner than what you thought was going to happen. Could be. Yeah. Could be. And uh, as the Tesla turns. Wow. We we join. <laughs> Wait all, a minute. The, Wait a minute. Say as the Tesla turns again. As the Tesla turns. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we're just having fun. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, what, what has happened in the world of Elon Musk? Well, uh, there's a cyber rodeo. Uh, the Model 3 price increases. Uh, gee, what a surprise. And somebody who shall remain Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Yeah, interesting story. Uh, that cyber rodeo, by the way, was the reveal. It featured... Elon Musk in a cowboy hat, sunglasses, and yeah. uh, it. We got to see what the Cybertruck next gen looks like. That's and, right, and, and kinda... what an <laughs> what an utter lack of dignity looks like. <laughs> so uh, I believe there was some uh, Elon Musk dancing too, which is. Yes, I saw the dancing. Um, it's kind of a scary con concept. And, 
it's uh, well clearly uh, he didn't he didn't uh, we don't know what he did with the dance lesson money that his parents gave him uh, as a child. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's talk about something different, a vehicle. You and I reviewed the same vehicle or are going to review it, and it is none other than the uh, Grand Cherokee L Summit Reserve. This is probably one of the most beautiful vehicles I've driven in a long time. That interior is just incredible. You and I are going to do a... A dual review. We do these from time to time, don't we? Very, yeah. I mean, it's just pure coincidence that we have them at the same time. Mine is a white exterior and a gorgeous uh, saddle, sort of a medium level saddle uh, tan interior. It's just spectacular. Mine had this beautiful uh, metallic red paint and, of course, a beautiful interior with all kind of stitching, black leather, uh, I think Jeep has just outdone themselves on this, and you are, are going to roll it down. This, of course, is the Grand Cherokee L, which is about 11.4 yep. 11 inches longer than the traditional Grand Cherokee. Of course, there's a brand-new Grand Cherokee, too, as well. Um, and this is the three-row edition. Just take a look at that interior. Three-row with uh, electric folding seats in the back. and yeah. Uh, the gorgeous it's just interior. Gorgeous. Right? Yeah, it's uh, the stitching, the the quality of the interior, the quality of the wood, the Macintosh audio system. Did yours have a Macintosh audio system? It does. Uh, uh, it has all that. Hard to believe this is a Jeep, and it's all still very very capable too. So uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that later on, having a full review. Uh, extended edition review of this vehicle and uh, really just just drove really well of course uh, did you like the rear view mirror by the way the rear view mirror on mine was electronic and yeah. it was very clear it made people look like they were very close like when you're at a stoplight I was looking inside their cars and I could see them talking and yeah it's you you it takes away that feeling that in a larger vehicle that you're looking into a tunnel. Yes. Uh, it looks like you're right there at the back window. Yeah, exactly. So pretty, pretty neat stuff. So that is a full show. Um, and we will be right back after the break and, uh, we will keep you up to date and tell you all of, uh, what's coming up on cruise control when we come back. So stay tuned. We will be right back on cruise control. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. It's your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Les. The guy with all the files uh, is, is Fred, and he has... Uh, once again, a big pile on his desk, and I, I apologize. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I big apologize pile on for, his desk. <laughs> for knocking all those papers off your desk, um, but you can sort them out. Yes, yes, sounds good. Well, let's yes. let's start with this Jeep Easter Safari yeah, story. Jeep Easter Safari. Yeah, it is a, a very impressive lineup. We're going to try to go through each one of these. 
because they're very unique. And they what they do basically, they get together. There's a large group of people, uh, off-roaders, that go out to Moab, Utah during Easter weekend. And Jeep has been supporting them by bringing out these concepts uh, every year. Uh, and this is, uh, let's see, what year is it? What I've, That was a, a big thing they were stating. It was one of the... I think it's been like 30 years or something like that. There's 10. Yeah. There's 10 of these um, concepts, quite a lineup of these vehicles. Plus, there's some others that were at SEMA. And they actually take them out and uh, put them on the trail. So the first one we're going to talk about is the Magneto, which uh, is a cool-looking little uh Jeep Wrangler, and it is the Jeep Wrangler Magneto 2.0. This is a fully electric vehicle, custom-built axial flux electric motor. Sounds like something uh, from Back to the Future. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Operates at 5,250 yeah. RPM. It has a six-speed manual, so a six-speed manual with a, with a clutch, that's interesting. Four lithium-ion battery packs distributed throughout the chassis for weight balance. 70-kilowatt-hour uh, battery running an 800-volt system. That's actually a serious motor. So um, so this the peak amperage in the propulsion system has more than doubled to 600 amps. Yeah. This is the 2.0 version. Uh, and... It has a new electric powertrain calibration that maintains peak amperage for up to 10 seconds, which is sort of an electronic nitrous oxide. That's right. Um, I don't want to drive it <laughs> uh, because it looks incredibly uncomfortable. Okay. However... Uh, it would be impressive to be in it, you know, on a straight line and just stand on the accelerator. Okay. Yes, uh, it would. Because this thing will rip your lips off uh, with the. It would be interesting with the to G-force. See how it does on rock crawling, and. Uh, oh, it'll be great. Now here's something we're going to review the Grand Cherokee a little bit later on, but this is another concept, and of course they have the Grand Cherokee. 4XE edition of the Grand Cherokee that anyone can buy, but this is the plug-in hybrid concept uh, of the 4XE, and it gets 25 miles of all-electric range. Uh, it's got some nice, aggressive-looking wheels and tires on there, um, and uh, it is kind of like a, a up-rated version of the 4XE Grand Cherokee. It is a stout, uh, really stout appearance with those wheels. They've done rock rails. Uh, it has the saddle-colored upholstery like your vehicle does with Rodney Townstooth inserts like your vehicle doesn't. <laughs> and uh, it is a 20-inch painted neutral gray matte wheels with 33-inch BFG mud terrain tires with uh, widened flares. I actually think it looks nice with those wheels. It actually does. Normally, I don't care that much for big wheels, but it looks good. Yeah, so uh, I think I think that's a pretty interesting one. Now, 
Coming up next, this is a more traditional military-inspired Jeep. This is the 41 concept. Uh, it basically looks like every Jeep Wrangler. Like a modern-day... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's retro willies, and, and this has the 4XE drivetrain in it. So it's the plug-in hybrid drivetrain that can go 25 miles on electricity and then has the 2-liter turbocharged engine. Um, the concept has uh, wheel flares, mirror caps, uh, a drab green finish with black powder coat steel bumpers. What, is dra what does drab mean? means olive drab, like military, where it's just... Well, I know, but what are the, what are the D-R-A-B? What does that stand for? I don't know if it was an acronym or if it just... Or if it just was, it meant drab. Yeah, it's, just it's a, matte but it is, it is that drab army color. Yeah, and uh, this one sits on 35-inch mud terrain tires with 17-inch uh, 1552 wheels painted in the drab matte finish. I love steel wheels on, on off-road vehicles. I do, too. I think it looks cool. They're strong. And... Yep. Um, it just definitely gives it that military look, wouldn't you say? Oh, it does. It looks looks straight out of World War II. Yeah, certainly does. Uh, so next up is, if we can get this correct, the Jeep Bob uh, Classic. I don't know if I have that one. I'm not sure. It, it, it's kind of hard to yeah. keep these all straight. Uh, this is the decoder decoder and why they call that the decoder is because it is a rolling parts vehicle in other words all of those parts have a uh, a code on them a Q scannable qr code and you can buy them from mopar that's pretty cool okay. so you so take you're that to a show and you say hey i like this front bumper you scan it with your phone, and it comes up, and it says, oh, would you like to purchase this? Yeah. Or, or the snorkel kit, or those uh, doors, those tube doors, or the uh, hauler, the, the little basket in the back to haul it. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Well, it is. It's, it's a, a sort of a Jeep equivalent of a motorcycle bobber. Yeah, pretty cool. And it's an eco-diesel. And then uh, we have the birdcage concept by JPP, which uh, kind of showcases, once again, all the custom accessory innovations from Mopar and JPP this time. So yeah. it's open air, and, and it is the roll cage out there. And, it, of course, they've got a uh, storage basket on top of the roll cage and uh, just shows off. How you can accessorize it. It's pretty cool, don't you think? Uh, it is. Again, it, it, it looks a bit more conventional, but, uh, you know, interesting accents. I like this one. This one has sort of a um, sort of a, 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 a Land Rover roof on it. If you look at that, this has uh, that little extra window up top. I think that's a cool accessory. But it does look very Land rover <laughs> But it's nice. You get a little extra height in the back and a little more light yeah. in there. I like the color. 
So uh, it's fun. It, it's fun what these guys do on the safari. And it's neat that they, you know, typically we think of concepts as something that doesn't really run that well or if it runs at all. But these are out there actually doing rock climbing and they're not afraid to get them a little scraped up or bent up. And, uh, and they put them to use. So using vehicles. I think electric vehicles are great for off-roading. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. And I think uh, I, I frankly look forward to driving the 4XE version of the Grand Cherokee. Uh, I've driven the 4XE uh, version of the Jeep um, Wrangler, and you can see the review of that uh, on our uh, YouTube page, uh, Cruise Control YouTube page. But it's uh, it's a great vehicle. It really is. It was. I, would I like to see more electric range? It's only 25 miles, sure, but uh, eventually they'll get to that. I think they'll get more range, don't you? Yep. Yeah. Yep, for sure. So let's talk about the New York Auto Show. It is coming up next week. Uh, it is the first time it's been in New York for <laughs> several years. Last year, they came right down to the last minute, and then it got canceled. Uh, a couple of reveals. One of them, a very important reveal for Kia. Uh, this is like their F-150, basically. They've got to get it right. The Kia Telluride's getting a refresh. Th- this is basically unattainium. You can't find these. And things. And... We already know what the Telluride is, so that picture... That's an interior <laughs> shot. That really shows a lot. It, it is, we're not really showing anything. <laughs> no, there's a lot of these teaser photos floating around, but uh, yeah. it's going to keep the same shape. It will have an updated grill, I'm sure. It'll have uh, some updated styling cues. They're not going to mess with success, though. No. Um, as uh, James Bell from Kia has told us when there, when he ever is on, he said, I wish I could have like 10 vehicles like the Telluride uh, to, to sell because uh, it's just incredible. They're also going to do the uh, newly redesigned Nero, uh, and that is a small little crossover, not all-wheel drive, but it comes in uh, electric, it comes in plug-in hybrid, hybrid, and gas, so... Uh, Kia's really, really shown off a lot of stuff, and good for them. They are. You know, uh, I think I think they will continue to be a big player and just get even bigger in the future, don't you? Yeah, don't you uh, think that, Les? For sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is going to be a crowded show. You think so? People pent up Absolutely. demand? Absolutely. Uh, pent-up demand, and D.C. had its show in January, and, you know, the prediction was, you know, it wouldn't have many crowds. Everybody had to prove vaccination. Biggest crowd they've ever had. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I guess there's pent-up demand there. So um, this is kind of a sad bit of news, if it, if it is true and if it comes to be uh, true. Uh, the... Um, you know, the Monaco, F1 Monaco circuit is, what, what was right that movie? Right back here. Yeah, right back there. What was the movie that uh, had that in it? There was a movie about it, wasn't there? Oh, well, that was uh, Grand Prix. Grand Prix, okay. Yeah. I always wanted to go there to see the F1 in Monaco. I always thought that would be like a super. Uh, I went there once. What was it like? Incredible. 
just you got to go. You got to be there. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's some thought that this might go away. According to the mixed missed apex podcast, there's a possibility that Monaco may not be on the F1 calendar for 2023. There's no contract with Monaco in Formula One. And uh, there's some talk that it just might not be on the schedule. Now, of course, we talked last week about Las Vegas during this schedule, right? Well, the problem with Monaco is that it's it's a city. It's downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a very very difficult track to drive. Um, you're going through tunnels. You're going. It's, through- yeah, it's the well the, the tunnels the straightest road in the whole circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the turns are just these narrow one and a half lane wide streets. Um, it's uh, the city loves it and hates it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just I don't think they can practically do it anymore. Interesting, interesting. Um, I'd be sad to see that go. I mean, I, certainly Las Vegas doesn't replace it. <laughs> no, not at all. But uh, it is is been part of history. So, but things change. So we'll have to keep you up to date on that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here on cruise control. We will be right back. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little tech about synthetic fuel. So stay tuned to cruise control. Your on air automotive magazine. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Les. He's Fred. We're just rolling through a ton of information this morning. uh, And we're going to continue with even more shortly. Uh, we just talked about the Grand Prix at Monaco, maybe no longer being that case. Um, a beautiful venue, but it's a very difficult and impractical one. So we don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. That's just something up for uh, for thought right now, and we'll, yeah. we'll see if it happens So, or if it doesn't happen. Um, let's talk a little tech. You and I have been talking about synthetic fuel for a long time. And so have uh, manufacturers. And I want to give you a little bit of an update. Uh, Porsche is going to start making synthetic fuel earlier than they had planned. Uh, They are leaning pretty hard into this. The brand announced a $75 million investment with HIF Global LLC. Um, and they have a plant in Chile where they're going to be building this. They're partnering with Siemens Energy and ExxonMobil, and they will produce e-fuels from hydrogen and CO2 using wind and energy for uh, mid a mid-2022 release of the product. Uh, the investment investments now reach in the low <laughs> nine-figure range. That's a pretty oh. big range, isn't it? Oh, low. <laughs> That's that's serious money. So Porsche says it benefits uh, to having this in the transportation segment, including 
gas-powered cars like their 911 to aviation and shipping sectors. And uh, a lot of people are, are interested in this. Um, could it be a way to drive your classic car in the future? I have a feeling it, it here's, what, here's one scenario. In the future, you, they'll say, okay, you can keep your older gas car, but you have to use e-fuel, but e-fuel is $15 okay. a gallon. So that would force you to get into an electric vehicle, <laughs> wouldn't it? Unless well, you had a classic would. car and you mm -hmm. say, hey, I only drive this to shows or whatever, so um, I, I'll do that. You know, I'll, I'll, or I'll trailer it there and with my electric F-150. That's right. But that's, you know, half the fun of having a classic car is actually driving it. Um, what do you think? You know, what do you think about well, Eve? They've been talking about this since World War II, right? Growing fuel from algae and all kinds of stuff. That's right. I mean, hydrocarbon is hydrocarbon. Um, actually, um, I think. The first thing that'll happen <clears throat> in the near future for uh, classic cars with with emission, with uh, air quality rules in certain states, I think you'll have to put a catalytic converter on it. Yeah. Well, um, that's not the worst thing in the world because cars no. without them smell pretty bad, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing, of course, is that you could you could run. Um, E85 pure uh, ethanol, mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, pure ethanol is 115 octane. Wow. Okay. Um, but the problem is you have to modify engines where the ethanol won't damage the engine. Yeah. And it can be rough on hoses and all kinds of things like that, right? Yeah. You, you need to do some re-engineering. Yeah. There will be options. I still think hydrogen is an option, sure. too. You know? Sure. But uh, let's look at another company that's working on synthetic fuel, and that is Hyundai. Of course, Hyundai uh, is investing in fuel cells, but they're also uh, working with Saudi Aramco uh, and the King Abdullah University of Science and Technology, and they're developing an ultra-lean-burning e-fuel that produces low emissions. And that could be uh, another potential source of this e-fuel. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, why couldn't you engineer fuel to just have all the good stuff and nothing but the, no, none of the bad stuff? Well, you can, but the chemistry costs a lot of money. Yeah. I think pure hydrogen is the best overall way to go. Interesting. All right. So we'll keep you up to date on these things because uh, we find them pretty interesting. And also, if you have an internal combustion vehicle uh, and, you know, I, I, I think it's a uh, I think it's an interesting idea for aviation uh, because, uh, you know, they talk about electric planes and that. But that's seems to be a little bit more in the future than electric cars. Yeah, I think electric planes are way into the future. Yeah, so clean fuel for aviation might be might be really the big market for it, and uh, and then collector cars too. It'll be like the old days, running a car on Avgas, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
I just hope somebody has, you know, like a perfume that smells like racing gas because I, I like that smell. <laughs> we'll have to see, you know. Uh, something that doesn't pollute but just has all the uh, good smell of it. So, uh, hey, you're listening to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. It's time now. Les, are you ready? You know you're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> As the Tesla turns... I- yeah, I need to get, you know, like a like a, a black coat, and uh, you know, a funeral director's hat. <laughs> well, Elon Musk <laughs> was wearing a hat this week. He was wearing a that's true a cowboy hat, a black cowboy hat, <clears throat> and aviator sunglasses, and uh, it was the reveal. They are celebrating the the opening of the Austin, Texas plant. They rolled out some of the vehicles that they've already produced, and they rolled out the current look of the Cybertruck, which seems to be developing a little bit more. seems like it's gaining more of a face. Um, uh, you think? <laughs> I'm trying to be kind here. I, I don't want to be kind. The thing is just gross, stupid, ugly. It's pretty ugly. It is pretty ugly. It's, yeah. And Elon, Elon, you need to mosey on back to the bunkhouse and put on some city duds. <laughs> uh, well, uh, just, just my opinion. He also show uh, he also claimed that they would beginning the production of the Cybertruck, the Roadster and the semi truck in 2023. Mm-hmm. You ready? You think that will all happen? Uh, okay. And, so, and since he's going to nope. start building all them, he's talking about building a robo taxi as well. Why not? Full self driving, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, again, they're not autonomous. I'm sorry. That's hype. It's not true. Yeah. So uh, that was that was the hoopla at the cyber rodeo. Uh, and then uh, there's more as the Tesla turns. Can I? <laughs> OK, this is just a, more of a standard story, but it's, yeah, it's unfortunately is- a very standard story. Tesla increases the model three prices yet again. Didn't we just have a price increase he, like a month ago? Okay, I I thought I thought I was wrong about that, but apparently this no. is a different price increase. Rear wheel drive now costs uh, the rear wheel drive Model Three costs forty six thousand nine ninety. Now that was not affected by this price increase, but last month the Model Three long range price was increased by twenty five hundred dollars, while the performance price went up by three thousand. This week, the long-range price was increased by fifteen hundred, while the performance went up a thousand. Hmm. It's we're getting monthly price increases, Les Jackson. Well, this is like monthly. You know, just tack on another thousand dollars. Another, know. you know, what's a grand? Uh, he he's doing his best imitation of a, a market value dealer. <laughs> he is. <laughs> So uh, why not just have it like you buy it and then 
like a month after you buy it, say, well, the price went up. Even though you bought it, we're just going to charge you a thousand dollars. How how would that be? Yeah, or yeah, just just don't even put a price on it. Yeah, just just call and we'll tell you what today's market price is. <laughs> so just think of buying an expensive lobster. Yeah, that's right. That's what it's like. Market price. They don't say. Yeah. You know. We can give you a price on the chicken. We can't give you a, a price on the um, on the lobster. So, so there you have it. Prices going up uh, per month, sometimes multiple thousands. Uh, hey, it's just part of it. And then let's do one final. Okay, just one more time. Elon Musk now is the biggest shareholder in Twitter. He's got a 9.2% stake in Twitter. And, uh, of course, Twitter has got him into trouble in the past, his tweets, with the SEC, right? Like, didn't he say he was going to take the company private at one point? He did, yeah. And apparently there's all kinds of regulations involved with that, so... You have to, yes. Uh, so uh, he polled his more than 80 million followers on Twitter and asked whether he should buy this. And uh, 70%, uh, well, he asked if they were allowing free speech. 70% said no. And he asked whether a new platform was needed or should he buy Twitter. So it looks like he is the biggest shareholder in Twitter. Who knows? Will he buy the rest of it or more of it? Maybe. Well, you know, not necessarily. You can't. There are rules. You you can't. um, Hostile takeover. Like a communications company. Hostile takeover. Can't they? Yeah. Well, also, you're controlling media out, you know, outlet, and I don't know. There, you know, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens with that. But that's our as the Tesla turns segment. Uh, I think, Les, it's time for us to jump into our at the wheel review. Yes, yes, indeed. Of the Jeep Grand Cherokee, of course, the the Grand Cherokee. Um, got a complete review uh, review got a complete renewal it's brand new for 2022 they started off with the l on the new model uh which the l is what we both tested the l right. is the three row version of the um grand cherokee and it is about 11.4 inches longer. And, of course, there's a third-row seat where you can sit two people in the back. Uh, the thing of it is, it is completely a Jeep. It is certainly in no way, shape, or form a reduced-capability vehicle. And uh, it is ours was the highest level of trim you can get. I mean, like, if you're going to do it, why not do it, Right. Of course, they come in Laredo, right. Limited, Overland, and Summit. These are kind of the same trim levels that uh, we've seen in uh, 
Grand Cherokees from the past. What's what's interesting about Grand Cherokee, Les, when they do um, studies and they poll the uh, owners, they like the size of the Grand Cherokee because previous to the L, it had been a little bit smaller than other crossovers, and people like that. They kind of like it being a little bit more agile, a little bit more nimble, a little bit more trail capable. But with the L, Jeep thought, well, we have to play in this three-row playing field because we don't want people leaving and going to another brand. So that's what they've done with the L. And uh, we had both had the Summit Reserve model, which is quite beautiful. I mean, mine was a two-tone black uh, with the red and separated by a piece of chrome, which I thought was quite a nice-looking vehicle. Uh, out back, it looks pretty traditional Grand Cherokees. Got the uh, exhaust through the rear fascia. Uh, of course, up front, it's got the grill that everyone recognizes that makes it a Jeep. Uh, and, you know, not hard to identify as a Grand Cherokee, is it? Not at all. It, it you know, it carries all of the family resemblances. Um, again, you, you already touched on the interior. Mine is quite striking. It's a white exterior with um, the saddle color is called Tupelo. Tupelo, Mississippi, which I think the means home of Elvis? Tupelo, Tupelo Honey. Oh, okay. which is a which is a, a bronzy kind of color. Okay, um, it's gorgeous inside. I <laughs> I found this interior to be amazing. I found it to be one of the best interiors. There's piano yeah. black. There's stitching everywhere. Did you have that uh, kind of crosshatch stitching on your seats? Uh, I have the crosshatch stitching. It really shows up uh, in in the Tupelo color uh, because. Unlike black, you see all the shadow lines and details. Yeah. Uh, so you, as soon as you get in, you go, and I had a couple of passengers, and they went, when you get in, they go, wow. Now, <laughs> the back seats were just as luxurious, of course, the Macintosh yep. stereo. I found some of the materials, like on the center console and that, got into just textured hard plastic and just like a house the further up you go stay up the stairs you go you get a little bit lower in quality materials they were still very nice materials though P piano black of course on the um on the uh, uh back console uh and the seats uh i found this pretty easy to use they tilt forward uh they fold flat with a pull of a lever and pretty decent room in the third row uh very much yeah you know, it's not a place that normally people sit, but you can you got seat controls and then the seat itself will slide and tilt forward and allow pretty easy access for even adults to sit in the back seat. And then you just rock that seat back on its track and, and you're ready to go. Comfortable seats out back. A lot of controls in the rear uh, seat uh, for uh, heating, heated seats and uh, a couple of zones of temperature. Uh, you got, of course, the 115-volt AC outlet and USB-C and, and regular USB outlets, uh, which, is, which is pretty good. Very, very good trim-looking vehicle. Were you impressed with the, the overall look of it? The overall look, I have to say, is, um, you know, they've, they've done a, a spectacular job on it. Um, 
uh, you know, they, they, it's clear they really thought this thing out. And uh, everything outside and inside is, you know, you just sort of don't even have to look at it. You put your hand out and that's where the control is going to be. Um, the the rear tailgate, well, there is no front tailgate. <laughs> um, the rear tailgate is uh, is handless. Is that a word? Handless. Hands-free. Hands-free. Yeah, that's what I would call it. Uh, um, Hands-free, and, not handless. Yeah. And that's, uh, of course, handy. A lot of vehicles have that these days. Uh, you got stuff in your in your hands, and you you know you don't you don't want to have to put something down, uh, especially in the rain this week. Every time I was in it, it was heavy rain. Yeah, well, you it has uh, incredible fording capability. I believe twenty four inches of fording That's capability. True. So, you know, you 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 didn't have to worry really. Well, also it has uh, blind spot and uh, cross path detection. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, parallel and pro- uh, perpendicular park assist with stop. Okay. So yeah. even in heavy rain with limited visibility, it it knows, you know, what it what it needs to do. Do you use the kind of, parking help? I d- I never use the parking help because uh, I oh, I th- it's fun. I like to use it. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I do like the rear traffic assist because when I'm bark, uh, there's a certain grocery store parking mm-hmm. lot, and when I back out, I can't see anything. You know, what you think of the no. rear view mirror, electronic rear view mirror, and it makes things look closer. The vehicles look very yeah. close to me in the back. I could see into their cars. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> look at what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's like sitting in the back seat looking out the back window that we did as a kid yeah uh nice and clear i i I think every vehicle should have that yeah another interesting thing was i believe this is the first time the macintosh brand has been involved with an automotive uh company and of course macintosh is uh kind of a uh unique audiophile brand they they sell tube amplifiers for yep. uh, uh, audiophiles they they have vacuum you know uh record players that suck the record down you know to make it play better so uh interesting to see them involved with uh, jeep wouldn't you say absolutely and um <clears throat> i think you had the same sound system the 950 watt amplifier yeah i, I was hoping it was uh, going to be a thousand but you know i had a, uh, well, I had a I deal know, with nine nine hundred and fifty. Nineteen speakers <laughs> now um what uh, what engine did you have did you have it's three 3.6 liter v6 that's what i had 290 yeah. horsepower seemed to do a pretty good job of moving it moving it's, it no, down the highway very responsive eight speed automatic i will say you don't feel the shifts no i agree that it, it, it was great on the road there was no shiftiness there was no hesitation uh it, you know by the way my color is called velvet red pearl velvet red nice pearl. name yeah and uh just a i like i like that metallic red in vehicles i always thought thought it was good 
let me run down my numbers here and see if they agree with yours, okay? So Grand Cherokee L Summit Reserve 4x4. Um, I don't even know if you can get it in a 4x2, but maybe you can. I don't know. Uh, maybe. So uh, base price, 59660 I had the Velvet Red right. Clear Coat, 395 Summit Reserve Group, $3,000, which includes 21-inch wheels, leather seats, 19-speaker high-performance audio. It's a bit of a deal for $3,000. Deluxe headliner, ventilated rear seats, the 950-watt yep. amplifier. That all comes in for $3,000. That is worth it, man. That is that is a good thing. It, it is worth it. There's a lot... Um you know, that comes with that. Um, um, and, and, you know, the, all the, the door trim and the, you know, of course the different size wheels and tires, um, the, the, the standard equipment includes, you know, all of the goodies, including a, a seat massager. Oh yeah. That's always good. Which, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. Now mine also had the advanced pro tech group, Four. Same here. Head-up display, night vision, rear right. view auto-dimming display mirror, interior rear-facing camera, luxury tech group five, including wireless charging pad and manual second-row window shades. Yeah, I had the identical stuff. It's amazing that we have uh, identically equipped and then Cherokees. destination was a beefy $1,795. Yeah. It's a big That's vehicle. That's a lot. It's a big vehicle. You get a five-year, 60,000-mile powertrain warranty, uh, the three-year, 36,000 basic warranty. Uh, so that gives you some of the coverages. Uh, so the total price on mine was $67,090. Mine is 66695 Wow, you got a deal. <laughs> so it's... Uh, Incredible vehicle. Now, the mileage is not that great. No. 25 highway, 18 city combined, 21. Yep. I, I think nope. when you get to this new engine, Hurricane, which is going to be revealed at the New York Auto Show, it's going to replace the Hemi. It's going to come in 400 and 500. I bet, I bet it even does better than this 290. It should. Range. Now... I'm getting, uh, on average, there's an indicator uh, on the dash. I'm getting, I'm averaging 18.7. It's, it's kind of rocking it old school when it comes to <laughs> yeah. fuel economy, uh, isn't it? Not not great. Certainly for something that big and luxurious, isn't bad. But and I know on a highway. Think of the range of the Grand Cherokee. Uh, you can get a base model with a uh, with a, the V6. You can get the plug-in hybrid model, uh, which is really interesting, all the way up to the L and, and the Summit Reserve. It's quite a range. Very important for uh, Jeep to do well with this vehicle. That was clear. That's like their F-150, basically, or maybe, maybe the Wrangler's like their F-150. I don't know, but it's an important vehicle in their lineup i think they've done a great job of redesigning it and putting virtually everything in it one of the best interiors i've ever seen um and final assembly point by the way a lot of people like to ask about that detroit michigan usa engine usa transmission usa um it's a pretty american vehicle isn't it 
It is. It is. Uh, only 22% is made uh, out of the country. Yeah. Parts. Yeah. Mexico, so on. Yeah. Now, I have its even bigger relative coming up pretty soon, the Wagoneer. I don't. I, I believe that's twenty-five feet longer than the Grand. Yeah, <laughs> I drove the the Wagoneer uh, briefly at the Wampa Rally uh, in the fall. It's a magnificent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thing. It's it's big. Pretty incredible that the Jeep brand is playing in this in this field. Now I don't think the price is that bad for what you get. Sixty-seven thousand no, ninety. Uh, yours was sixty-six. Um, it's a lot of money, but not in today's world. But I, I'm sure dealers probably are adding some markup to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get to the story, and we'll save it for next next show. But in Arizona, they're actually taking on dealers that uh, one person went in. They had a car advertised. They said, I'll buy that one for that price. That looks good. It was on their website. And they told them. Uh, no, you have to get paint protection. You have to get, you know, interior protection, and that's two thousand dollars more. And he said, "Well, I don't want that. I just want the car you have on your, uh, you know, website there." And there it is. It's sitting there, so it's a real car. So I want to buy that. They said, "Nope, we won't sell it to you without those add-ons." That's bait and switch. Went to uh, the state of Arizona. They are being fined. Two dealers in Arizona being fine because of it. So people are fighting back against unfair practices. And frankly, I don't want that crap on my brand new vehicle. It, no, I don't want someone. It doesn't messing. do anything. I, I could see some guy with a dirty rag, you know, with metal, metal particles on it. Like, Oh yeah, I'll put that protectant on. I just, I just don't want them doing that stuff. I just don't think it adds any value. But we'll have more about that story on a future yep. edition of Cruise Control. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Also, look at our YouTube page because we've got a lot going on there and always content popping up. You can get everything there, audio podcasts, clips of the shows, car reviews, interviews. It, there's a lot of stuff. You can spend a lot of time there. So. Hey, uh, we appreciate right. uh, we appreciate you listening to the show, and appreciate you listening to the stream this week. It's time for me to say, I'm Fred Stop. I'm Les Jackson. We're gonna see you down the road. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.